Hey, my name is Elisa Kay, and I'm here to teach you how to rise above the noise and say yes to owning an unforgettable, impact-making business. On this podcast, you'll learn how to harness the power of your unique story and use magnetic marketing tools so that you can confidently own your place in your industry. Get ready to transform your marketing to reach more people and finally feel authentically you online. It's time to grow your business with purpose. This is the Own Your Message podcast. Hey, my name is Elisa Kay, and you're about to learn the new way that coaches are building thriving businesses online by rising out from the shadows, owning who they are, and finally understanding the business of coaching. Get ready, because this is where we shed the old age thinking of coaches everywhere and say yes to owning a happy, healthy business that not only impacts people everywhere, but gives you the freedom to do what you want, when you want. This is the Modern Coach Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we are talking about the visibility struggle, how to overcome imposter syndrome and show up online. And this is a very, very, very important episode because I think that every single entrepreneur I have ever worked with and have been coached by and mentored by has had these hesitations, these little, I call them mindset goblins or gremlins, or, you know, at the beginning of my journey, I always refer to them as like garden gnomes. And, you know, like those gnomes that you have in your garden and you're like, I'm not sure how and who put them here. They're like, they don't have any more color anymore. They're sort of under a bush somewhere. And then you, you know, you excavate your garden, you look, you replant some bits and bobs, and then you find these little statuettes, and you're like, how did that get here? You know, and I, I always find that imposter syndrome is one of those things that you think, like, how did that get here? I wasn't, I didn't necessarily ever start off like this. So I think it's an interesting topic to think about and talk about, particularly as we well, I specifically want to be more visible this year and more essentially like the the, the the word of the year is expansion, but it's, I think it's beyond that. It's how do I consciously take up space in a way that feels good and in a way that, you know, doesn't necessarily stem from insecurity, but stems from power. And I think that imposter syndrome, most of the time, you know, depowers us, you know, it takes away the, that power, it takes away our confidence, it takes away all of these things that I think at the core of ourselves as entrepreneurs, we are. So, you know, to start off with, I thought what we could do is actually define what imposter syndrome is, and how it affects entrepreneurs and content creators specifically. So imposter syndrome is a psychological phenomenon in which an individual doubts their accomplishments and abilities. They're often feeling like a fraud or an, or an imposter, despite evidence of their competence. AKA, you might have a PhD in your field, but you might think that you're still underqualified or you don't know enough. Or, you know, you you haven't got that experience or whatever it may be, even though you do. It's categorized by feelings of self-doubt, fear of failure, and a tendency to attribute success to external factors rather than one's own abilities. And I think that's a really, really, really important thing. That with an imposter syndrome, you think, well, that wasn't my achievement, it was the situation, or it was the world, or it was this specific thing that created the, these results. 
And I definitely found that with the bundle that we put together at the beginning of last year to help people in Ukraine, we raised like $60,000. And for the longest time, I was like, that wasn't me. <laughs> it was, it was, a, and it was a joint effort for sure. But, you know, to be able to pull together a bundle in less than two weeks, write all the copy for it, you know, uh, get in touch with people, get interviewed on, you know, on 20 plus different platforms and band together a team of volunteers. It's a really difficult thing to do. And a lot of people have been asking me over the last year, like, how did you do that? And I didn't attribute that to me. And I think that is a form of imposter syndrome in a way. And I think that it can show up in the weirdest of places, right? And I think that sometimes even if you have had a really, really big success, we tend to say, oh, it wasn't me or, oh, it was a fluke, right? That's one of the things that I help a lot of clients deal with when they've been really successful in a launch or in a, in a project or they've just delivered a really great, pro like a, a really, really great project. They think, well, that, you know, they're high, 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 they're flying high. And then it just drops because that imposter syndrome tends to make us think it wasn't me. It, you know, it, it wasn't my achievement. It was a fluke, right? And I'm just a fraud and I'll never, ever be able to replicate these results. And I think that's a really, really interesting thing because it really hinders our ability to show up and be visible and take up that space in a really positive way. And I think that, you know, I would have never said to you last year, as an example, that that was me like experiencing a little bit of imposter syndrome, but actually reflecting on it is, I do think that it is definitely like that form and that is definitely something that made me pause because I was so overwhelmed with then the success of the bundle where I had to, you know, figure out places that were safe and, you know, that would be impactful to deliver that money to the people that actually needed versus just, you know, writing a check and, and hoping for the best. Because at the time, a lot of articles came out about like the Red Cross being problematic and donations not being delivered. And like on the other side, I had my, one of my like uncles and my, my godfather actually was and still is volunteering to wade through a bunch of Red Cross do donations. And he was telling me how he, um, you know, he was watching these men filter through the stuff and, and take the, the like, quote unquote, good items for themselves, basically, and people who don't necessarily need that aid. And I think that, you know, we can choose to focus on the bad things, right? Or the bad stories, or you can choose to focus on the really, really good stories. And I think that that's a really, really interesting factor too, where if we're taking it on a mindset level, like imposter syndrome, we tend to focus on the bad. We don't tend to focus on the good. And I think that anything good that does happen, we sort of think, no, that wasn't me. Or no, it's not for me. Or no, or no, it's not, it's not a me thing. It's an external thing. And, you know, I think that I'm giving you this, this example because I want you to know that you're not alone in feeling like that. That even on the, on the, you know, basis thing, where if you have a live video and let's say 13 people show up, then the next time two people show up and then the next time 40 people show up, and then the next three times, let's say no one shows up, you know? Like that tends to, we tend to start thinking, well, is it that I don't have anything good to say? Or like we get into our head at least I do for sure, when 
those results vary so so deeply, right? And a lot of the time it has nothing really to do with your abilities and everything to do with like the algorithm, the amount of time that you've times you've reminded someone to show up. You know, like I I could do an event and we'll have 400 plus replay views on a video, but I can do a live video inside of the group with no announcement and like two people will watch it live. You know what I mean? And like that that disparity between those numbers tends to fuck with our minds a little bit. And I think that it creates this culture of imposter syndrome and it creates this inability to stay consistent and be visible because the results vary greatly. And I think that the entrepreneurs that have figured out that actually consistency and being visible, like it's a journey of averages across the board, not a reflection of one video or one project or one launch. And I think that looking at it as a whole versus looking at it in these like single instances is really, is a really, really important thing. And I think the, the more I reflect on last year, the more I think about how has me playing small impacted, you know, how was it impacted by imposter syndrome or feeling like I don't want to be the spokesperson for this issue or I just don't have it in me to to answer this, this and this question or whatever it may be, you know? And I think that's something, again, I want to be really, really honest with you here that like talking about like the, the way that I experienced imposter syndrome is such an uncomfortable thing for me. But I think it's such a thing that we all experience to an extent. Like, I've talked to my aunt about this. I've talked to my mom about this. I've talked to my best friend about this. I've talked to my mentors about this. And I think we all have an element of thinking we are not good enough or there is always that little hindering belief, particularly when you get to a new level, that this is a fluke or that this won't last or that this isn't for me because I'm not something enough, you know? And I think that's that's a really, really interesting thing to think about in the context of marketing and being visible and really feeling into what's more important. Is it more important to have 400 views on a video or is it more important to impact one person who might watch it at the right time? What's more important to you? Is it is it impacting the people that need to hear your message at this juncture in time? Or is it being seen by millions of people? Because there are influencers out there who have millions of views, millions of likes, millions of followers, but they don't actually impact anyone's life. And I am not interested in being the most liked or the most revered person. I'm interested in changing people's lives for the better and helping more people live the life that they actually want in a balanced and more essentially happier way. Like when have when have likes and followers become the metric for happiness? Like that's what that's a question I think about often, you know? And why is it that we subscribe our happiness to the amount of likes that a reel gets? Like that's a really, really interesting thing to think about, you know? And I think it's something that personally is a difficult challenge for me because, again, I think that imposter syndrome is such an interesting topic because I I would never have thought that I struggled with this thing because I think for me it just shows up differently. Like, I don't think I'm not smart enough to create a podcast. That's not a thought that I've ever, I think, had. 
But there is something in me that is like capping my own visibility and capping my own growth because otherwise I would have grown more over the last however many years I've been doing this, you know? So I think it's it's a it's a game of self-reflecting on where you're at and where you need to be and self-reflecting on what are the limitations that you place on yourself. And I think that every single one of us, unless you are literally like the most visible person in the world, every single one of us at certain points in our careers limits the visibility and the growth that we we have. And I think that more often than not, it is connected to imposter syndrome and the way that we see ourselves in the world. I think in the beginning of my journey, it showed up as perfectionism or like the fear of failure. Like if I post this and then it flops, then I will be seen as a failure or, or whatever that thought process or thought pattern was, you know? And thinking about it, I think perfectionism which is something that I, you know, I, I've, I always say that I'm in sort of perfectionism, perfectionism recovery. Um, perfectionism specifically shows up, I think, in this need to be perfect and this need to be put together. And again, I think it's it's sort of a symptom of feeling like if it's not good enough, then it's if it's not good enough for me, if it's not perfect enough, then I will be seen as this imposter. So I think a lot of these fears that we experience can actually be linked to imposter syndrome in the way that we think about, you know, creating content, being visible, showing up online. Um, but I think that the reality of being a business owner and wanting to impact more people is that you need to be visible in order to build a successful business. You know, and I think that understanding the roots of these objections that you might have is so, 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 so important. And it's something that, again, I've been thinking about more and more over the last year or so, particularly as I've been helping people work through their perfectionism and work through their visibility stuff. Um, you know, I've worked with authors in the past and I've worked with creatives who are so talented, but are just so scared of being rejected or being criticized that their art is just sat, you know, in their studio or sat in a Google Drive folder and no one sees it. And I think that's the biggest shame in the world, you know? So as I've sort of, as I've been exploring this topic and as I've been exploring what does it actually mean to be visible to me, I think that there are definitely external and internal influences in shaping our beliefs about ourselves. And there are things that we might have gone through in childhood. There are criticisms that we might have picked up. But there are also these industry-specific things. And I think it's really, really hard to detach yourself from the narratives of the industry and think about what is it that I think and feel. And, I, you know, I had, we just recently went to this brunch meetup with a bunch of other really, really talented entrepreneurs in London, like, literally a day ago. And as we talked about you know, we didn't necessarily talk about imposter syndrome, but we talked about plagiarism specifically. And this really great mentor, she she's just had one of her courses stolen and basically got copyrighted. And when the person refused to take it down, she basically blasted the entrepreneur and was like, hey, like, you know, you guys can make up your own decisions, but this is what this person's been doing. And I think that like blatant plagiarism and blatant like disregard for even ethics and blatant just copying of content and ideas stems from people not actually trusting that their own ideas are good enough. Like this specific person was telling us that 
she'd what like she'd basically tracked what the the other person was doing and i think we we forget but first of all that technology bears markers and we can see when people log into our courses and copy and paste everything you know what i mean like i can see when someone logged into my course portal and then looked at every single lesson i can see that I can, there's data you know data doesn't lie and i think that we forget that People who do things like that do them out of desperation and out of not trusting themselves. Like I, you know, I think that it's an interesting thing to think about how the industry fosters this, you know, swipe my content bank is one of my most irritating pet peeves in this industry. When I see 365 prompts for your year, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, please do not download the 365 prompts don't swipe people's copy, don't, like, there is a difference between having examples of copy that you are modeling, and then having copy to copy and paste, and change some words over, and I think that's a really, really interesting thing, that at the beginning of my entrepreneurship journey, I had a mentor who suggested that I copy and paste a post that I love, and actually, I was going through my swipe bank, and I was like, I don't think I actually wrote this post, and it was in my swipe bank, and I, like, I, I miscategorized it. And as I was sort of going through the topic that I wanted to post about and looking at copy that I could reuse or you know, essentially reschedule, I was like, I don't think I wrote this post. And I think sometimes these different practices that we pick up at the beginning of our journey are made out of, oh, my copy isn't good enough. So I have to keep a swipe file of all of the copy that I could ever need in my entire life. And therefore, I could model that good copy of people who have got a proven process. And I think that also is a form of, of imposter syndrome that does keep you small. Because I think there is a difference between taking a copy course, for example, like one of my copy courses, I do give people like, I call it a spell book, right? And it has different types of posts and examples. And the purpose of that isn't to help people build their swipe file. The purpose is to give them basically a framework to work in, you know, which is, I think, different to, let's say, copying 50,000 websites and keeping them in an Evernote folder. All examples, by the way, of things that I did at the beginning of my journey that, again, I think are symptomatic of that, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not a good enough designer or not a good enough copywriter, so therefore I need to have this knowledge and bank of stuff that you know, I might not even look at for, for the rest of my life, but I'll have the things to prove to myself that I am good enough. So I think, you know, it's, it's a really, really interesting thing. And I think it's an interesting exercise for everyone to do as well, to think about how has this shown up? Because again, as someone who I wouldn't necessarily say I suffer from imposter syndrome, but there are all of these emblematic things that I've done in my career that clearly do point to a little bit of this imposter syndrome and, and clearly do signify, oh, you don't want to be visible because of this, this and this, that's imposter syndrome. So I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing that I have been thinking about as someone who doesn't necessarily self-identify as an imposter. Um, and I think again, you know, having that confidence and understanding that, you know, I can talk on any topic given enough time to research, you know, and given enough time to make up my own opinions. And I would say that I am extroverted in a crowd, for sure. So I think it can affect people in different ways. And I think at the core and the root of this specific idea of, I want to be visible, I want to show up more, 
I want to build my business. I want to impact more people. But there is something in me that is preventing me to do that. And I think for most of us, it's two things, actually. Number one, I think it is a little bit of imposter syndrome, keeping us small and thinking, well, if I just buy another course or if I just do this or if I just, if I just, you know, invest in one more coach or if I just watch one more video, then then I'll know enough. That's thing number one. I think number two, it's not having an actual consistent schedule and a consistent habit for actually being visible. Being visible in your business is a habit in itself. And I think that going through the last year of, you know, trauma of dealing with family, friends, etc. being affected in Ukraine, I stopped that habit of being visible. I fell down the bandwagon. I didn't post in my, you know, core Facebook group. I eventually, I rest- you know, I sort of restarted and I, and I opened up a different group and it's a different vibe and I'm so much happier with it. But it was really, really interesting how in these extreme times, if you don't have a strong enough habit and a strong enough system to help you implement that habit, things tend to fall apart. Now, the opposite of this is I was thinking about, okay, well, what are the habits or what are the specific bits and bobs that I did over the last year that helped me stay visible in different ways, that helped me overcome some of that imposter syndrome, that helped me show up online? Because again, like through this really, really extreme, and I'm using this extreme situation because I just think it's fascinating when I think about it like nearly a year later about like who was I then and how was I able to accomplish these things that I accomplished it's really, really interesting to me to think about, okay, well, in order for me to show up online, I needed to have these practices. Like, for example, when, you know, things sort of went awry, one of the first things that I did was like take a bath. It was my, my ritual is to, when I need to reset or recenter, I will always go, I'm a, I'm a cancer through and through. I love water. Water is my happy place. So I took a bath. And it was like in some deep salt and I was sort of sat in this bath and I was, you know, crying and releasing my emotions. That's thing number one. Thing number two was EFT tapping for me. It was that, you know, it was taking care of my brain and tapping into something deeper and like cry. Like for the first time ever, I, I would watch these people cry through tappings and I'd be like, what? They? Like I've never cried through a tapping. But through that period of my life, I was like really releasing all of that emotion what else? You know, there, there are some things that I would still be doing. So in a context of a launch, which we actually basically switched last year to a launch model, I would pre-create a, or write a bunch of different content to a, basically a, a formula for success. And that worked really, really well for me because it meant that I could be consistent when I wanted to be. And it meant that I could take strategic breaks when I didn't want to be. So I think that's that was a really, really good basically piece of or mechanism for me to overcome some of those feelings of inadequacy and feelings of I don't I don't even know how to describe them to be honest and feelings of I shouldn't be doing this or I should be helping the people of the world you know and actually reminding myself no I'm a business owner and business owners make money and this is a good way for me to impact more people so therefore I need to do this um was really, really, really helpful. Also coaching, like coaching over that last year was really, really powerful for me because I think as a as a coach, 
helping those people gave me that gave me that personal fulfillment that I think I would have missed if I just sort of stopped doing all the things. So I think there were there were there were definitely like saving graces there. And I think that when clients get results, like that's evidence, right? That you are good at what you do. It's evidence that you've still got it. Like <laughs> it's evidence that you you know what you're talking about. And I think a lot of the time I will say to clients, particularly at the very, very beginning of their journey, I'm like, just do a few sessions, like get started in any way, shape or form you can, because getting started usually is the hardest bit. The other thing that I did at the end of the year, which I think really, really helped me power through some of these visibility obstacles that I had. And I think I'll I'll be really, really like very candid with you here that my biggest one was that I wanted to build up my Instagram And I wanted to start using Instagram more effectively this year because I love creating videos. I love creating short form reels. uh, I love, I just, I love being on camera in general. Um, And it, like that format suits me, I think. But I knew that the majority of my friends who are Ukrainian and family members who are Ukrainian and family members who are in Russia use Instagram. And I was like, who am I? That was the thought. That was the imposter in me talking. Who am I to create this content when I know my, you know, from like my babysitter when I was two years old, three years old, my, you know, is watching my stories and I know that she's in a really bad situation. And that was really, really difficult. God, I feel like I'm going to cry. There you go. Honesty hour with Elisa. And that was was really hard for me. Is, Is really creating that consistency habit and thinking about and I would you know I would say to myself no I'm gonna start I'm gonna start I'm gonna start and then I just wouldn't because this this paralyzing fear of and I don't think it's imposter syndrome necessarily but I do think that that fear is linked to the same type of emotion that I shouldn't be talking about these things even though the tools that I talk about would help so many people who are in that situation you know what I mean so I think it's a really it's a really hard thing to manage particularly when you're in a in a tight spot no matter what that looks like right you might have friends and family who are going through really hard things and you're like here I am talking about happiness and wellness and mindset practices and actually that's that might trigger some people it might affect some people or it might do do stuff right and it was really really fascinating actually and this was the switch I think that one of my clients came to me at the beginning of December and she was like you know I re-watched that boundaries training did you make that training after the conversation that we had about my husband and I was like I don't to be honest I, I was like I don't really know what boundaries training you're talking about and no that like that specific program lesson has existed for like three and a half, four years. And we had that conversation, you know, two months ago. And that was a really, really fascinating because it sort of flipped a switch in my head that I think will help you too. And I'll talk about the, like the real, how that all came to be in a second as well. But the switch was, oh, people are going to think that things are about them no matter when I create the content because they are going through those things. And I have the tools and I have therefore a responsibility to help people move through them. She was like, it was one of the most impactful lessons inside of that program. I absolutely loved it. Thank you so much for recording it. I was just sort of wondering whether that was the inspiration. And I was like, nope, it wasn't the inspiration. I've created that training 3000 years ago. 
um, but I'm really glad that you liked it and resonated with it. And I think that that feeling and that, that aha moment of, oh, that training she thinks is about her, but it has nothing to do with her at all. It has everything to do with how we set boundaries and it has everything to do with how we, we view our relationships. And that's a universal thing. Because when I created that, that training, I was thinking about a completely different situation with a client when I was a service provider and had nothing to do with relationships or husbands or whatever it may be that we talked about with that specific client. So I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting conundrum because the things that we're going to talk about in our content, people are going to read into and, you know, you can remove a lot of the facts of the situation of what you're talking about and it will still be relevant and people won't, like the things that I talk about, a lot of the time, the context is different to aka like if it's a personal story I will remove all of the identifiable personal things before actually writing said story because privacy etc you know and I think it's interesting that clients friends and family are going to read into things and that's okay that just means that the the content is powerful and it's potent and it's worth and it's worth posting because it's going to help so many more people and I think listening to my client recount all of the wins that she had after watching the training made me realize, oh wow, like more women need this, more women need to hear about this specific topic. I need to stop playing small essentially and thinking about these specific bits and bobs that are stopping me from showing up because there are so many more women in the world. Like the two women that might be sad or offended or they might have an opinion about me posting on Instagram, there are a hundred more who will benefit from that information and I have to be in a place where I'm focusing on I don't have to do anything but I want to be in a place where I'm focusing more on the hundred women that need it than the two that will get offended or might get offended or whatever it may be you know so I think that was a really really interesting switch and the thing that actually helped me get there is this new writing practice and the thing that actually helped me get there was taking a writing class and really reigniting my passion for writing specifically and exploring my feelings in a different way. And I think that we all go through different life things, whether that's, you know, whether that's debt, whether that's a health problem, whether that's something that someone said, like your level of trauma is going to be relative to how you feel about it. Like, it doesn't have to be. And I think this is one of the best things that I learned in therapy really, really early on that has served me so well is that you can't measure your problems against someone else's. Because while you might be sat at home thinking, God, that's so hard, you know, Elise has been through this. But the way that you experience and your nervous system experiences your levels of problems will feel the exact same way in your body as I do for something that you might think is, you know, harder or less hard or whatever it may be, you know? So it's all an equilibrium. And I think that that's really, really interesting because when I was younger, I used to say, well, that's not really a real problem. And that's where this, this conversation with my therapist came about is that like, okay, well, why are you measuring how hard a problem is versus someone else, right? How it feels in your body is a unique and true experience to you. And I think that by reigniting this, this writing habit that I had lost in this create creative expression of writing, it just really helped me re 
calibrate and remind myself who I actually am and remind myself that there is so much more that I have to say and have to teach and have to give and that, you know, the the importance of me being consistent in my business and being authentic is going to create the the community that I want to create and that requires a level of candor and a level of honesty that I have never really had before in my content I think for me it's a lot easier to just teach a concept and sign off and do and go in my merry way than creating a podcast that is raw and honest and and makes me emotional and I think that in a world full of AI, full of machine stuff, full of recycled content, full of plagiarism and full of copycats and full of everything, the one thing that you have is you and your unique experiences and the perspectives that you can give to the people that are listening. And that's a really, really magical thing. And that is a gift that is worth sharing and that is a gift that is worth focusing on despite any fear or reservations or thoughts that you might have, because that is what makes you unforgettable. That is what ultimately people are going to relate to, you know? And I think that it's a really, really interesting thing to deal with as you get, as you, first of all, as you get bigger as an entrepreneur, but by bigger, I mean more well-known, more like less fresh out of school vibes and more like people know who I am, you know, like at events and they know who, and they remember things that I've done in the past. That's what I mean by getting quote unquote bigger. But I think that at at any stage of the journey, whether you, and I wish that someone had told me at the beginning of my entrepreneurship journey that like being candorous essentially means being authentic and that you don't necessarily have to give your life story, but the more vulnerable you are with your people, the bigger the results and the better the the better the results that you will have with your clients. And ultimately, that is what I want to focus on is helping the people that, that need this help discover who they are. Remember that, you know, remember that tapping into that core truth and tapping into that expertise is what's going to make them unforgettable and expansive and more helpful to their audience and it's going to create that freedom with their time and the money that they want because ultimately the more visible you are the more people will pay attention and the more powerful your messaging is and how do we create powerful messaging well for me that's a process of tapping into someone's core truth is removing imposter syndrome and remembering who the fuck you are and I think that the writing process practice that I went through towards the end of last year, has been the most transformative personally, emotionally, and has been the most powerful thing that I have ever done as an entrepreneur. And I'm very, very, very excited to be teaching this and and helping more women tap into their truth, like tap into who they are. Like we forget that we have experience and we have knowledge and we have so much more to give Because we're focusing on this nonsense that is actually not true. This nonsense that we put on ourselves more often than not that isn't actually the truth. It's a lie. And we're believing these lies. And, you know, I think that one of the things that has really helped this writing practice for me and has really helped this creative exploration process has been really thinking about what are the things that I need to say 
And what are the what are what are the the themes that I need to explore in order to do that? And I'm so 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 grateful to the education that I've had to be able to do that effectively and in a creative way. But beyond that, I'm so grateful for the fact that I have those resources and tools, and that I don't have to look for them. Right? That that's something that I inherently have already, and I don't think I have seen. What, what like I needed at the time so I'm gonna create it basically is, is the is the point of this episode is the point of the of this story is that this writing practice that I've developed and the writing practice that I used to tap into on a regular basis at the beginning of my journey is something that I've come to revisit it almost feels like I've come full circle and it's beyond sitting down and writing on a topic that you want to sell on this week. It's it's more around how can you discover your deepest truth, the core of who you are, and communicate that in a way that is unforgettable to your audience, in a way that is going to actually create the impact that you want. Because while I love technology, I love advancements, the truth is, is that, you know, AI is powerful. It can create, it can create outlines and it can create, a, you know, a blanket basically statement or a blanket, um, what's the word for it, outline for something for you to say, but your voice, the feeling that you have and the emotion that you have to bring is what is going to stand, take, stand you apart from everyone else, is, is what's going to get people to connect with you and the core of who you are. And who you are, I think, is limitless potential. It, who you are is a powerful person who can, who can change lives and who has changed lives and who most likely than not, has forgotten how powerful she is. Because that was me. That was me a few months ago. I'd forgotten that I am the magic. I'd forgotten that I am the the catalyst for that change. I'd forgotten that, actually, I'm pretty fucking impressive. And I think that every single one of us needs to create a habit, a reminder, a, a process for remembering who you actually are and how you show up in the world. You know, and I think playing small is one of the biggest symptoms of forgetting who you are. Playing small, hiding away in your cave of solitude, is you forgetting who it is that you were meant to be. Playing small, listening to the little imposter syndrome demon on your shoulder, is forgetting that you can have the community, the mentor, the the writing circle, the space to actually say to that demon, you know what, not today. (laughs) Thanks so much for trying to protect me, but I'm not going to listen to you. And I think that, you know, the, 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 the feeling that I had a few months, a few months ago, a few weeks ago now in Gran Canaria was that this work that I've done on myself, on my mind, on like the writing practice that I'd abandoned needs to be in the hands of more women. And it needs to, and and it's something that I need to keep doing. And so I'm incredibly excited to announce that I'm opening up a writing membership where it's super affordable. It is for anyone who wants to create a writing habit and who wants to explore their creativity and who wants to remember who the fuck they are, who wants to remember that they are powerful, exponentially incredible life-altering being and I'm just I'm incredibly incredibly excited to bring this to the world and to share some of the tools 
that have really helped me recenter myself and really grow my business in a way that it hasn't grown before and in a way that has really helped me remember who I am, you know? And I think after the year that we've just had, or even like the last few years that we've all just had, where we've, I think, all collectively gone through some some of the most traumatic things that a generation can go through, there has never been a better time to connect with yourself, to remind yourself that you are here on purpose, that you are here and you are listening to podcasts, you're reading books, you're exploring your talents in courses and programs and in different ways because you believe that you have something to give to this world. You wouldn't be listening to a podcast about personal growth if you didn't believe that there was something in you that is asking to be unleashed. If you didn't believe that there was something in you that you wanted to share. And I think it's okay if you've forgotten, but it's but it's not okay to keep forgetting. So I... I'm so, so, so excited to announce that our membership is in its beta stage. We're accepting our founding members. And I'm just, I'm honored to be teaching this. And I can't wait to see the writing, the writing that will come out of this, the people that are going to join and the impact that it's going to have. Because if there is one thing that I know for sure, it's that writing as a habit of self-exploration will be the most impactful thing that you can do for your own visibility. Because in that self-exploration is where the great, juicy, meaty, authentic, youiest you content exists. You exploring who you are will translate to the most potent, honest, authentic, irreplaceable, irre, you know, irreversible content on the internet. And I think as, as a business owner, it's one of the things that, it's one of the easiest things that you can commit to, to create that magic. So I'm very excited to be teaching both that self-exploration, but also how to turn that self-exploration into content that actually does connect with people. Because last year, I have never had as many responses, replies, DMs, voice messages from people who have commented on emails that I've written, on on videos that I've done, on launches that I've created, because the content was so powerful. And I think that it stems from me exploring and me really committing to this practice. So I can't wait to bring this to you. I can't wait to teach more about this. And this episode is that grand announcement that it is here, finally. So come on into the beta if that sounds like something that you want to do. And if you're watching or listening to this later on in the year, um, the obviously the beta program will probably be closed, but we'll probably be enrolling new members. So the link will be down below if you're in either one of those places. But for now, I can't wait to see you in there and I hope you have an amazing week. Are you stuck in a loop of cookie cutter content feeling like you can't find your voice or the confidence to show up authentically? Good news, Magnetic Mavens is here to help you be unforgettable. Our membership will get you to break free from the monotony of copycat content and find your unique power story. In this membership, you'll create a consistent writing habit to stay ahead of your content creation and take back control of your plan without any of the overwhelm. It's time to leave the bland and boring content behind and own your message with integrity and fun. Join the Magnetic Mavens today. Head to alisa-k.com forward slash magnetic to register right now.